0: Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Now, put aside everything you think you know about business practices today and stay right here for the next hour as you're sure to find some surprises and wisdom to help you play the business game right. Now, here is your host, Peter Feinstein.
1: Hi. Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Each week, we take a look at business through the eyes of uh, some really special guests Um, Our goal is to entertain you with bold and brash and challenge your point of view by bringing you wildly successful people who really know what they're talking about because they live it and breathe it every day. No posers on business rules, just people who uh, talk the talk. But I think more importantly, walk the walk. So this week's guest is a gentleman I've known for a number of years, Buck Robinson. Buck is an accomplished entrepreneur and marketing professional with over 20 years of experience. He's launched successful marketing companies, and his latest venture is also his most exciting. Outdoor access has been called the Airbnb of the outdoors. It helps bring together the best aspects of several established shared economy models to benefit the eight hundred billion dollar outdoor recreation industry, what it does is it makes private land available for fractional recreational use, and uh, and I think that uh, uh, you know when when Buck talks about this, you'll get his passion, you'll understand everything about what he does. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time uh, talking about Buck instead. We're going to have a whole lot of time talking with Buck. Buck, welcome to Business Rules.
2: Peter, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, uh, what's, uh, what's the latest and greatest today? Um, I mean, you've got, uh, you've got fulfilling the dreams for, for anglers and hunters and campers and families. Uh, you know give us give us the big picture view of outdoor access
2: well i yeah, and i'm happy to do so let me kind of give you kind of where my motivation was this. as you said in your uh in the introduction which i appreciate um you know I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur as they call it and somebody who's always been very passionate about new businesses and, and getting new ventures started um but my Private passion, the thing that kind of kept me sane besides my family and faith on the other side has been my love of the outdoors. And, and I really truly believe that, uh, the more wired the world becomes, the more that we build up, uh, you know, concrete walls around ourselves, the more we lose something very vital to who we are. And that's that connection to nature, that connection to the outdoors. So that's always been something almost sacred to me. To be able to get out and get away from the stress of the day-to-day world and get back to things that are, you know, just the silence of being outdoors sometimes is is very uh, therapeutic. So I've been doing that for myself for years. So when when the idea of outdoor access came along and and looking at it both as a startup venture and being intrigued from it from that perspective, but also knowing that it was addressing my personal passion, it was just, uh, frankly, I looked at it as a sign straight from God that this is something I need to get involved with and, and that I've been working my whole life towards. Um, so that's, that's really kind of where my personal motivation has been. Now, what's been really exciting, and I think this is true for almost any entrepreneur that, you know, is starting something that's really answering a need has been hearing how many of our members and customers really say, I am so grateful that, you, that, that, that this has been built. I'm so grateful that you guys have done this because you are really answering a need. And that's true on both the landowner side, which is a lot of folks that have been looking for a supplemental way of uh, monetizing their property, and on the member side, which is people that are saying, I wanted to be able to spend more time in the woods, whether it's for hunting, fishing, camping, horseback riding, whatever it may be. And I've been looking for places to go, but I've just either had doors slammed in my face or I got frustrated and I just didn't have any place that I could really be able to feel comfortable. And now here, not only have you given me one place, but you've given me this plethora of choices to be able to, 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 to use so that I can not only get out in the woods, but I can try different places every weekend. So it's, it's really fulfilling for me personally, but it's even more fulfilling to see how it's really answering the needs of hundreds and, and soon thousands of members who have been waiting for somebody to build something akin to outdoor access.
1: That's, uh, you know, I, I, I love the passion and the excitement. I, I hear it in in every word and every sentence. And, um, you know, it it reminds me so much of the path that I took in formulating my company as well. Where were you or what were you doing? Do you remember when when the idea first hit and took, you know, took hold? And, you know, tell us a little bit about that process.
2: Sure. So, so what? ended up happening was that there was another uh gentleman involved who had this idea um i had i'd had some similar thoughts but he had really put a little bit more thought to it and and just simply looked at it and said you know what Uh, i'm not a i'm not a really necessarily a guy who's built businesses like you have before and and i and i and i know this space but i just don't know if i'm going to be able to bring it to fruition. So he asked me to kind of get involved and, and be able to help actuate, if you will, uh, the vision that he had in his mind. And similarly, I even looked at it and said, well, you listen, from a from an purely entrepreneurial perspective, I also see what a great idea this is. But there's a lot of operational elements and certainly technological elements that I might not necessarily be able to bring to the table, at least not in a way that it's going to need to, in order to be able to get the company to where we, we envisioned it to be. So we also went out and sought the, another co-founder who really brought those skills to the table. And frankly, the nice part about him is that he not only had the technical skills, but he also had had a, a lifelong involvement in forestry and other areas as well. So he understood the marketplace. And so the three of us really got this thing off the ground. Um, it was a very... Uh, cooperative measure as far as everybody bringing their different skill sets to the table. And frankly, I'm just, uh, I'm just thrilled that, you know, it wasn't, I I, have had businesses in the past where the weight of the world is on your shoulders and your shoulders only as the sole entrepreneur. Frankly, at this stage, not only are my shoulders not as strong as they used to be, but I'm, (laughs) I don't know that I have the energy to burn the midnight oil the way that I did as a 20 year old so i am very grateful that I've got a great co-founder now and my and my partner Jamie Christensen, and that we have a great team of folks that are helping us to bring this vision to fruition. Um, we have a great group of supportive directors and and shareholders that have helped us in being able to have the resources necessary to do so and it's uh, frankly, like I said I'm almost thirty years into my professional career and i've never been more excited i see a lot of folks when they get to this kind of stage and they look back and they say you know my best years are behind me well heck no my best years are happening right now as far as i'm concerned and i'm just thrilled to death about how watching this baby continue to uh right now it's just it's not even a toddler but it's still it's growing fast and it's and it's exciting to watch
1: That's cool. That's so cool. I love the idea that your best days are right now. Living in the present is such a powerful way to go. And it's something where I think so many of us get lost in either, um, you know, kind of awfulizing about the past or even worse awfulizing about the future and not appreciating present so it's it's really cool to hear you so grounded um, you know one of the things that struck me about this about this whole model that you've got is that this is um, you know this is part of the shared economy um, go tell us a little bit about um, the shared economy and the size of the outdoor industry in that shared economy and then we're going to talk a little bit about actually after that about what it took to launch this project but first give us some give us some background on on the shared economy and uh, and that as a as a as a framework for outdoor access
2: yes you know What's funny, you know, the old expression, timing is everything, right? So, like, if 10 years ago somebody had told you, listen, there's going to be this great alternative to taxis, you're going to go type in an address, a a random stranger in their own personal car is going to pick you up, and you're going to get in, and they're going to take you wherever you desire to go, and then you're just going to get out. And, I mean, people would have looked at you like you're crazy, or like, hey, I've got this spare room in my house, I'm going to let these random folks. Come in and they're going to pay me to stay in my house as an alternative to a hotel and they're going to pay me you know 25 or thirty dollars a night or what have you uh, again people would have thought that how could that possibly work but that's one of the beautiful things is that we 've now reached with the shared all the different variations of the shared economy, whether it's Uber Airbnb or anything otherwise that, that there's a, there's a, a proof. An engagement level that makes it valid. And what's been challenging for us, I'm not going to lie, has been that the nature of one half of our shared economy equation, which is the landowners, the typical landowner in our platform is about 70 years old or older, and they've never heard of Airbnb. So we're still doing a lot of uh, <laughs> yep. reinforcing their confidence that this isn't crazy, that they would allow somebody that they've never met before to come and use their property. But for, for, for so many of us, and certainly for a lot of the folks who utilize us on the demand side of the equation or who are our members, they understand that. They understand that this is not such a, a crazy notion, but that it's also facilitated by technology that with the right technology in place to help serve as a conduit for all of that, supply and demand can not only find each other, but also hold each other you know, accountable in much the same way that you have with the Airbnbs and the Ubers of the world. Our model similarly allows both sides to rate one another and to, uh, to assess one another based on those ratings so that you're, you're, you have checks and balances in place to make sure that people aren't gaming the system and taking advantage of it. And, And that's really kind of where we see ourselves is, like so many of these other platforms, we're serving as the referee that makes sure that everybody's playing by the rules, that everybody's benefiting from it, and that nobody's gaming it or taking advantage of it to the other side's detriment.
1: You know, I think standing in the middle of that situation, um, the relationship between the landowner and, uh, and the, uh, the person who wants to use the land is, uh, is both, as you've detailed, wonderfully powerful – and uh, at the same time, you know I can imagine that there are moments where you know you you, you kind of get you know either a shrug of the shoulders or a little bit of a chill. and it's it's kind of like, man, you know I need I need to make sure that, that I'm doing right by both because that's yeah. uh, that's, a, that's a challenging place to uh, that's a challenging place to sit. Where we're, um, well, we're just a f- and, and-
2: And so from that perspective, you know, a lot of what we tried to do or what we've done in advance was, you know, kind of in a uh, not a ready-fire aim, but ready aim fire type of scenarios, we really did go out and make sure that uh, the the side of the equation that was going to be, let's call it most suspicious of something like this, which would be, in our case, the landowner side, that we would build some fail-safes in there that would really kind of make them say, okay... I can come on in. The water's fine. In, in our case, that was like putting all of our members through a background check, uh, including in, in liability insurance as part of their, their, uh, their program, not making sure that there's no cost to them, making sure that they can cancel at any time and take their property out of the system. So a lot of the things that as preemptive measures, we recognize we're going to make them feel that much more comfortable and confident with something that was otherwise new to them.
1: Gotcha. We're going to talk more about that on the other side of the break. We're going to take a couple of minutes, and we'll be back. I'm going to get some, uh, a refresh for my coffee and encourage you to do the same. We'll see you in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to HPowerMarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then, ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to HPowerMarketing.com. That's HPowerMarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's HPOWERMARKETING.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800. 800- three hundred ninety one twenty four. That's eight hundred three hundred ninety one twenty four. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. I'm your host, Peter Feinstein. This week's guest is Buck Robinson from Outdoor Access. Um, as you've been listening, you're probably curious. Well, where can I go? You probably Googled it already, like I did when I first uh, when I first found out about it. It's OutdoorAccess.com, and you can find them um, on other social media channels. Uh, for instance, on Instagram at Outdoor access. I kind of like the ring to that, uh, Buck. As we were talking just before, you were giving us a little bit of a taste of what it took to launch this platform and some of the concerns that you had to address going in, uh, mostly from landowners, but also from people who were going to be going on to people's lands. Give us some more detail. Build some, uh, you know, build build some body to the uh, to the bones that you've given us on this.
2: Sure. Well, before we were even ready to go live and I, and I think about it now very uh, vividly we uh, it was funny. We went to a trade show here and i I'm, I'm in Virginia, and we went to a trade show that was obviously geared towards the right demographic because the concept being, hey, if we can't get these folks excited about it, maybe we uh, shouldn't be wasting our time and and i I'll, I'll never forget we showed up, we had a booth, we had a really terrible PowerPoint that my one of my partners had put together the night before. We had some sales material, but we didn't even have a functioning website. We didn't have um you know, collateral material and all this kind of stuff. And we had literally hundreds of people coming up and saying, Hey, I I just based on what you're telling me, if you're able to actually do this I'm ready to join. Like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Um, so it validated that we were on the right track and that we had something that the marketplace was kind of giving a thumbs up to. And then it really became a matter of saying, okay, well, listen, now, yeah, I'm, my my business partner is really the, the our chief technology person and, and, and comes from that world. But one of the things that he constantly is saying is, If we're not putting out technology that we're slightly embarrassed by, we're probably waiting too long. So one of the things that our first iteration of our website, you know, was it pretty? No. Was it functional? (laughs) Possibly, passably. But it was something that we could at least go out into the marketplace and start getting some real data and getting some real engagement. And so the biggest thing that I would say from our start was just, you know, and this kind of goes back to the the, the entrepreneur one hundred and one is you just got to you just got to get going. Like you just got to get moving. You know what I mean? It may not be perfect. It may not be pretty. It may not be everything you want it to be. But if you wait too long to be able to get to perfection, one, you probably are never going to get there. But two, you, you, you're never going to be able to really figure out what matters okay, and what the what the marketplace is going to tell you really matters, so we've been doing, and that's a constant process of listening, honing, testing, optimizing and and we've been doing that every step of the way with this thing, and so for us, a lot of what we've been doing is constantly recognizing that we are building something new we are you know, in a brave new world as far as this is concerned, both from a technological perspective and otherwise, just a sociological perspective. And so a lot of it has to be, hey, we we understand that we're doing the best that we can, but that the marketplace is going to direct us and that when we fail or if we screw something up, let's do it as small as possible and as inexpensively as possible (laughs) and learn from it. And if we do something right, understand why we did it right, not just be the blind squirrel finding a nut and be able to say, okay, we understand why we were successful doing that so we can do it again. Not, hey, look at that. That's a surprise. And I think that that's been one of our big things uh, that has contributed to our success has been, one, this is not our first rodeo as far as starting a company. And and so we understand kind of the, 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 the classic pitfalls that go along with that. But two not just having the challenge of a startup, but having the challenge of a startup in with a business model that has at least fifty percent of its uh stakeholders, and in this case the most important stakeholders, which are the landowners, being very reticent and and being a little bit um hesitant to just jump right in, um, that it has required us to recognize that we can we we have got to continually be Evolving, learning, but but moving. You know, it's like I think of Dory from uh, from uh, from Finding Nemo. It's like just keep swimming. <laughs> just you know, you're gonna hit yep. some things. Life's gonna happen. You're gonna have some challenges, but just keep swimming. And so that's what we just we just keep moving forward. And we're, as we've been adding members to the team, we recognize that a lot of them are, are scared of that type of a scenario, but that's okay. We uh, we just keep reassuring them that we do have a plan. We are actually swimming someplace, not just swimming in circles, and that we, but we've got to keep moving and not just getting ourselves into analysis paralysis, as they say, by not really knowing what the future holds. Well, I don't know what it holds, but I know every day I wake up excited to go out and try and test some new things and see what happens.
1: Well, you know what I love? I love the story about um, you're going the very first time out to a local trade show without anything big, without anything beautiful, not polished, just, I mean, basically an idea, And uh, and, you know, and the the PowerPoint done the night before that, you know, lets lets you at least tell your story a little visually so that people don't have to listen the entire time. They get to actually see something, which is which is really good when you're dealing one on one in person like that and literally just going out and doing it, taking that plunge and uh, and allowing the risk, because I think that. uh, Go ahead.
2: I was just going to say that to give you to give the listeners then kind of a, a, a next visual is it, a year has now passed since that first show and and we were at that same show again this year this past month in fact and we were there with uh, twice the size booth that we had had the year before but despite the fact that we had twice the size we had gone from being this concept to being this actual functional business and we literally had. I would say at least a hundred, if not more, of our members, people who, maybe the year before it had just walked by and said, "Ah, I'll believe it when I see it," coming in, wearing our hats, wearing our T-shirts, talking about how excited they were, introducing their friends to us, um, coming by, congratulating us on how great this thing has been. So to go from a, a year, just literally 12 months prior. Where nobody knew who we were, nobody knew if we could even do what we were claiming we were going to do. We didn't even know if we could do what we were claiming we were going to do. I mean, we had confidence, <laughs> but come on, it was not a shoe in for any by any stretch to have actually done it. And that, and I think that's the big thing that is for both my my partner and I is that we come back to a lives. A lot of people say to us all the time, "Man, this is such a great idea! It's such a great idea." Listen, ideas are a dime a dozen. The biggest thing that we did as far as that's concerned is that we weren't afraid in making that idea go from concept to reality to realize that it's a process and it's not going to be exactly what you envisioned from the beginning and you're going to make some mistakes. You know, listen, that first recipe you're trying to work on, you're probably going to throw the first two or three batches in the trash. But eventually you're going to figure out how to actually make something that people go, oh, my gosh, what is that? Not only do I want it, but I want to be able to figure out how I can get that again. And that's really where we've, uh, I think, made this thing um, so special is that we've, we've actually made it something functional and that people are looking at it and saying, man, this is not just a good idea, but what you've actually built is awesome. And that's really where I, from an entrepreneurial perspective, that's what gives me the greatest gratitude is to be able to say, hey, we didn't just have something that people wanted. We actually delivered on, on that and gave them something that they now say, how could I ever deal without this?
1: Yeah. You know, having that, having that vision and having others not just buy into it, but have others affirm it and say, yeah, you know what? That makes sense that's a, that's yep. such a huge deal. So you you, 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 worse, said so, you, you than
2: anything when you have an 87-year-old person who doesn't <laughs> even own a computer and has never even th- looked at you at first and said, this is crazy, come up and give you a big hug and say, man, I don't know how you did it, but this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. You should have done this 30 years ago. I'm like, well, <laughs> 30 years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it, but I'm glad we we're able to do it now at least.
1: So when you talk about... Um, Figuring that you're going to have to throw out the first two batches. Um, Give us an idea of what what preconceived notions you had going in that as you began to critical path this and model it, that you saw was just not going to happen and that you literally had to backtrack on and change in process. Well, listen,
2: if it was easy... It would never be anywhere near as fun as it actually is when you get it to actually work. So
1: the first thing
2: that I did, and, and listen, I'm the first one to be able to, to, to admit this. Despite all of my years of marketing, the first thing that I made a huge mistake on was thinking that the the lowest hanging fruit of them, the earliest adopters of this were going to be people who immediately identify themselves as hunters. I mean, that's a very clear marketplace. It's a multi billion dollar marketplace. There are multiple different periodicals, shows, websites, any, anything to be able to appeal to hunters. So we thought, well heck, all we're gonna need to do on this thing from a from a demand side is put some ads in some hunting magazines. Bubkiss. <laughs> 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 we didn't get, get Bubkiss. It was horrible. So the the first Thing you might do when you do that is to, is to question whether the entire model is valid when here's somebody who should be an early uh, adopter is seemingly not interested at all. Well, that was where, again, it comes back to being able to see the forest for the trees and say, wait, it isn't that hunters aren't interested in this. It's that if they're already hunting then they probably already have a place to go. We're not really solving a problem for them. We need to identify people who would like to be hunters, who would like to be able to go out and identify themselves as that, but they're currently not doing that because they don't have a place to go. And frankly, when it comes to hunting, if you don't have a place to go, then there's no reason to identify yourself as being a hunter. You're a wannabe hunter, if you will, or a would-be hunter. And so that's when all of a sudden the light bulb went on for us. It was, hey, we don't need to appeal to the people who are already doing this. We need to appeal to the people who would like to be doing this. And that's where all of a sudden we had this. We tapped into this treasure trove of demand that was basically saying oh my gosh, I've wanted to go hunting for years, or I've always grown up hunting, but I just didn't have a place to do it in Virginia because I didn't know anybody. And now you've released that potential and allowed me to be able to do it because you made it easy for me. And for the people that were already hunting, they just looked at us as like, well, I already have a place, what do I need them for? And that was a big wake-up call for us, just to be able to say, understanding who really values what you've built versus who you think will value what you've built. And that is, again, that process of learning, pivoting, adapting, and recognizing where your value proposition really lies versus where you thought it lies.
1: That's genius. You know what, to be able to distance yourself from what you thought and shift gears like that, that's huge. We're um, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, Buck is going to tell us a little bit more about marketing to two very different demographics, very different audiences. Even though they may be like-minded, they're very different in their makeups. We'll be back in two and hang with us on Business Rules. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs,
0: and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to HPowerMarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then, ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to HPowerMarketing.com. That's HPowerMarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's HPowerMarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800 300 24 That's 800 300 24
2: being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. My guest today is Buck Robinson from Outdoor Access. You can find uh, all information on uh, Outdoor Access on their Facebook page, which is, interestingly enough, Outdoor Access. Also, you can can follow them on Twitter on Outdoor underscore uh, Access. Sorry about that. Outdoor underscore Access. Man, if I had to say that more than twice, I think I'd be in trouble. (laughs) But that's me. Anyway, uh, we've got Buck here, and Buck was sharing with us uh, the, uh, the, the mental framework that went into uh, you know kind of forming up and uh, refining outdoor access, the website and how it works. Um, what my interest is in hearing uh, is how he handles the marketing challenge, because you've got two very different target audiences. Tell us a little bit about how that functions, what you do with that, and uh, and the thought process that go in there.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting, Peter. It's going into my 30th, my third, oh, 30th, wow, I'd really be old, my third decade of doing marketing. <laughs> one of the things that has been really both challenging and at the same time very, very appealing about this whole thing is that it brings into, it requires the full breadth of my marketing experience over that 30-year period. Like, there's no easy, like, okay, I can just do this all using one methodology that I'm very familiar with. I need to bring, like, the full gamut, or as I like to put it, the full quiver of arrows that are my marketing mechanisms. And that's simply because half of my equation is very rural, very old, very technophobic, and really does not, easily engage with anything that's web-based, app-based, you name it. The other side of my equation, that's, that's my supply side, my, my landowners. On my demand side, it's the complete opposite. So we're dealing with, with folks that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, who live primarily in urban environments, who are very connected, who are very social media savvy, and so who are very comfortable with interacting with a web-based shared economy type of platform. So for those folks, um, I'm able to use a lot of the electronic media. I'm able to use radio. I'm able to use digital. I'm able to use social media. I'm able to use a wide television that we're going to be testing this year. So a wide variety of the electronic media. For my supply side, it's completely the opposite. We Again, one of the things that we asked in the last segment was like, what have we learned? One thing that I have learned in no uncertain terms, any type of online or digital advertising for the landowner side is going to fail miserably, which is why I love seeing it when my competitors are doing that, because I know that they're going to get crickets as far as their response is concerned. Because that's just not, that's just not the right kind of bait to catch that fish. And, and so we use a lot of the older school things that I had used, you know, 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, direct mail, uh, newspaper, um, PR. A lot of them more kind of stayed in traditional methodologies because to that older demographic, that's what, A, what they're consuming and what they find to be credible. And what's interesting about it is that we've done newspaper advertising on the demand side just to see if that would work. Failed miserably. Newspaper adding on supply side works phenomenally. Do IP targeting on the uh, supply side? Didn't even know if the campaign actually ran. It was so bad. Uh-huh. And then on the on the but if I do that on the demand side, you know the phones are, are the websites lighting up like a Christmas tree. So it really has pulled in the requirement of the full gamut of different marketing methodologies. And, and frankly, that is good. It gives us a broader base to draw from. It allows us to be able to reach people from a variety of different channels as opposed to only being able to interface them with one uh, medium, in which case we might burn out really quickly. So uh, it's been both a challenge and really, frankly, from my perspective, uh, our, part of our secret sauce about how we've been able to compete in this two-sided marketplace with two very different demographics involved.
1: I can see it. I mean, it's something where it's it's really, uh, really kind of fascinating to hear just how diametrically different uh, the two markets are, even though you know, basically the messaging is, you know, is very similar in terms of, um, you know, access and past history and, you know, what's available and what's not and for whom. Um, but the fact that, you know, traditional offline media, newspaper and such, and and just, you know, gosh, person to person uh, is what makes it happen for the property owners. And yet, yep. the, you know, the high tech is where you're able to land uh, all of the access for the people who are interested in becoming hunters, or maybe they're fisher people, or families going camping that uh, right. that just have no idea what's available and where. Right. That's, that's exactly uh, right. That's uh, that's really cool. When you when you go through this, and so you've got these two different these two different um, elements, um, and you stand in the middle. Um, I imagine that once they begin interacting with each other, that there, there forms up a sense of community. Um, tell us a little bit about how that started and, and how you see it forming now and, and where you see it going um, You know, a month, two months, a year down the road. What does that look like?
2: Well, and, you I know, think you say that because one of the things, again, when you start something you may have one idea in mind, and yet you actually put the boat in the water and you see how well it's floating or sinking, as the case may be in some cases, and and you have to adapt. And, And one of the things that I think when we originally launched this, we looked at it as something that was uh, going to be just a problem solution. I'm, I'm an individual user. I want to be able to get access to private property so that I can be able to go out and hunt and fish or camp or whatever it may be on an exclusive basis. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of going to public, uh, like public property or state parks where I may not have the kind of experience that I've been looking for. Um, So we thought, okay, well, all we're really doing is providing that individual user and or his family with a place that they can be able to go and enjoy for a weekend. What has happened, um, and, and again, just as precedent for that. It's not like somebody goes, oh my gosh, I used my first Uber. Now I'm going to try and see if I can connect with a bunch of other Uber users so we can share how awesome it is to ride in somebody's car or Airbnb or something like that. You may become a passionate user of Airbnb, but there's not a, like a community of Airbnb devotees, but that's what we've created with Outdoor Access. We have this common bond of all of these people who love the outdoors, who are passionate about the outdoors, regardless of how, how, what they're doing when they're there, whether it's horseback riding or hunting or whatever, but they're passionate about it. And you've got these landowners who are similarly passionate about this asset that they own, that they have now been able to make a share with other folks. And through our model, be able to help pay for or be able to drive some, some, some income from. And, and it really does create a community around this shared love of the outdoors. So what's been cool for us is that, again, we, ours is a membership-based model and membership not just economically, but, like, I feel like I belong to something. That's why one of the things that was, I think, an eye-opener for my partner when we were at one of our events, and I said, well, you, you watch, there'll be about 25 or 30 people that come here wearing their outdoor access hats. And he's like, why would they wear an outdoor access hat? Like, of all the hats <laughs> they could wear, why on earth would they wear an outdoor access hat? We're, we're just something, you know, that gets them out on the property every once in a while. Sure enough, here they come, not just wearing their outdoor access hats, but You know, posting their things on social media, talking about us to their friends, recruiting folks again, none of which we were trying to solicit. We were just thrilled to see that they were so excited about what we had created that they wanted to share it with the world. And that's really, from our perspective, been a huge eye-opener is, wow, we're really not just helping individuals, we're building a community,
1: absolutely i mean from inside the box i can see how you would say yeah why would anybody be wearing an outdoor access you know t-shirt or an outdoor access hat but the key in there for me is you weren't talking to people who were necessarily already hunters or fisher people or campers you were pe- you were talking to people who had that yearning and you you fulfilled that yearning. So it's something where you established and created an emotional connection and you brought them to, I mean, you, you gave them a catalog of properties that they could choose from. And that's, I mean, that's where community happens because you're in, you're in the wish fulfillment business. And that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's so powerful. When we uh, when we come back, well, let's let's hold that for just a second because sure. we're going to take a quick break here. But when we come back from that, I'm going to ask you to share some of the some of the best stories that you've had from both sides of your customer bases, both the landowners and the people who have been fulfilled in their wishes, and give us uh, some feedback and some thoughts on that. Um, this is Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. You can hit me up at businessrules at hpowermarketing.com if you want to email me. You can find me at uh, Higher Power Marketing on Facebook, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more with Buck Robinson when we come back in just a couple of minutes.
0: Build a better business.
1: Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed.
0: What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to HPowerMarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then, ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to HPowerMarketing.com. That's HPowerMarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's HPowerMarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half... We can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. If you're ready for big changes in less than one month's time, You're ready to tune in for Radical Change Now with Dr. Mary Oz. It's where healing meets the law of attraction in an engaging package. You'll hear from guests and callers as they share their stories, offer solutions to life's challenges, and much more. With Dr. Mary's approach, even a child could effectively learn and apply the concepts discussed on each week's show. Listen live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. We have the folks, the man from Outdoor Access, Buck Robinson. And uh, I wanted to take special note. So I know a lot of our listeners are into Facebook. And uh, you can find Outdoor Access on Facebook at Outdoor Access Inc. INC at the end there, and um, that will give you some some amazing resources and information and insight into everything that Buck Robinson and his company, Outdoor Access, does. So before the break, we had begun talking about um, the beauty of wish fulfillment and of uh, the the power of community and the reason that this community has been created and is forming and is doing things. I think you know before we before we bow out of this show, we've got to spend time hearing Buck tell us about uh, the 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 most inspirational and loving stories that he's gotten from both his landowners as well as the hunters and fishers and campers and families that outdoor access has served. Buck help us talk to us well i think that,
2: I think that the we we're talking about before about this community, this notion of community and 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 this common passion for the outdoors and the beauty of the outdoors and the need to protect the outdoors and enjoy the outdoors and kind of going back to the very first thing that I said about my own personal, which is just how important it is for us as human beings, as, as, as living creatures, to reconnect to that from whence we came, you know. And so one of the things for me, both personally and now professionally, that's so important is allowing people that opportunity to get out there and reconnect, and allowing people who own these properties to be able to share them in a way that they may not otherwise be doing so. And I tell you, one of the things that's funny when you go out to one of these properties and, you, and you're dealing with I, the the biggest mistake I made my first time going out and meeting with one of our landowners is thinking that I could schedule something within an hour of that. No way, Jose. They want to take you out and show you every blade of grass and tell you a story about every tree. And that's a lovely thing. It's a lovely thing because they so love their land. And in many cases, their kids have grown up and moved away, and maybe they live in the city now, and they just don't come out and enjoy it the way they used to. And maybe their grandkids come out once in a while. but. Most of our landowners are really passionate. Yes, we're providing them with a way of monetizing their property, and there is an economic element. But for most of them, it's far more important. They're like, I just want people to come out and love this property and use this property the way I've always loved and used this property. And so when we have somebody who has this desire, and now we've been able to facilitate them finding and feeling comfortable with making that that asset available to another person, a stranger, who says to me, I've always wanted to be able to take my kids out in a safe, private environment and teach them these skills that my dad taught me. And, and I was just worried I was never going to give an the opportunity to really pass it along to them when they're impressionable and might actually want to learn this stuff. Like I think about this one story where there was this guy who came up to me and he said, Buck, I, I think this is awesome what you're doing. I've got five kids. I'd love to become a member, but honestly, I just don't know if I can afford it. And I said... You know, we've really tried to make it so that it's not that expensive. It's, you know, it's under $100 a year. He's like, I've got five kids. I'm like, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. I said, you know what, Ed, I'd like to give you a membership, but I want Mm -hmm. you to promise me that you're going to use it to take your kids out in the woods. That man has been my best member. Did he pay for his membership? No, but it doesn't matter to me. What matters is that he's using that membership to get those five kids out in the woods almost every weekend, so that instead of only using us, like, once, and and then that's supposed to set the hook on getting these kids to become engaged and passionate, instead he's getting them out there every weekend and sending me these pictures, and the landowners are saying, man, we had Ed and his kids out here, and it was so awesome, and the kids were wonderful, and you should have seen their faces when they saw their first year, and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's that... That's the magic. That's what makes this whole thing so special to me because we're bringing together strangers that would have otherwise never found each other but who shared this common passion to find each other, have a a marketplace where they can find each other and feel comfortable with that interaction, and then from there – Create a relationship that not only helps them, but helps future generations of people not only get out and enjoy the outdoors, but understand why it's so important to protect them.
1: Yeah, that's that's beautiful. You know, I get I get chills when you talk about the story and uh, and that he brings his family out. And, uh, it's, I mean, it's just such, such a great story because you know what it's, it goes beyond, it goes beyond building a marketplace. Um, I mean, you use that word, um, in describing it, it is, it's community and it's belonging. And there isn't anything more powerful, at least in my human experience in having that sense of community. Cause you know, until you're in community, until you feel like you belong, you're kind of on the outside looking in, and you don't know if you're going to be accepted. And you know, and one of the great things about this model, and I see it breaking down all kinds of stuffy business rules, is that it's not about the rules of a marketplace. It's about the love and community. And that's one of the most one of the most touching pieces of of this entire story buck. I love the model of outdoor access. and I love your passion and everything that you bring to it. When uh, when you take a look at it, um, we've got about a minute left in the show. Um, what I would love to hear from you is um, you know, a, a single, Uh, a single gem that you can leave everyone with. And maybe it's something that's so inspirational that they take notes and they reach out to you on. Give us, give us just a last thought.
2: Well, again, I come back to whether you're somebody who has fond memories as a kid growing up of going out with their parents and camping or being part of the Boy Scouts or doing whatever it may be, or, that magic that happens when you have that first real engagement with the wild, where you're looking and seeing that you're part of something much, much bigger in this world. And you've lost that because you've gotten yourself surrounded by this man-made world of ours, and you are able to reconnect with that. Or you have kids who spend so much time looking at their electronics, that they don't know the magic of just sitting quietly listening to crickets and watching a shooting star go overhead as you're camping by a campfire. That's what we're bringing to the table, the opportunity for people to reconnect with that because that is essential to our humanity. That is essential to us understanding our place in this world and protecting this world because we understand that we're connected to it
1: that is that is exactly right and you know what that is literally the perfect gem for us to leave with you've been listening to business rules with peter feinstein my very special guest this week buck, buck robinson from outdoor access you can find him at outdooraccess.com on facebook Instagram, and Twitter at uh, various permutations, Outdoor Access, Inc., Outdoor Access, Outdoor underscore access. And I want to thank Buck for for your time, your generosity, and the genuine love that you express through Outdoor Access. Thanks so much. Thank,
2: Thank you so much, Peter. It's been a pleasure.
1: Bye, everybody. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next week.
0: you for tuning into business rules be sure to join peter feinstein for another enlightening program next wednesday morning at 11 a.m eastern time and 8 a.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel have a winning week